Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC After Hours. I am Derek. I am here with my good buddy, Finn. That's me. Yeah, what's going on, man? Nothing much. You know, it's, it's always nice to just have a nice After Hours fireside chat with my boy, Derek. Yeah. Here, on the, uh, here at the home of the SDGC. Well, we got a fun topic today. Um, usually when we do an After Hours style discussion, it's about a, a specific game. And it's kind of weird for us to do this, almost more of like an after hours news brief, kind of. Uh, this yeah. Is, this is a topic that we did not get to get to uh, a couple weeks ago on the show, but I think it is important enough to the industry that it is worth discussing on its own. Um, but it's also not something that I think most of the group really knows how to talk about. Really, me and you are the only people with a lot of familiarity with the fighting game uh, side of the industry and the fighting and yeah, game community. And, and, and that's why I didn't really uh, like fault them for not putting it on our main show. And that's why we have these little one-on-one talks where we can do more focused, niche-specific chats and people can tune in whenever they damn well please. Yeah. They don't have to, you know, it's fine. So to get to the story itself, a couple of weeks ago, Yoshinori Ono, who is the basically the, the lead producer and lead creative head behind Capcom's entire fighting game division for the last several years. I mean, basically since Street Fighter 4 left the company. And I think yeah, that's I'm... that's the big headline thing, but this is this is actually follows kind of a, a period of him getting demoted over the last is it two years now? Two, two to three, two to three. Yeah, uh, I mean it's 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 been the writings. I don't want to say the writing's been on the wall, but his his role has been steadily decreased yeah. uh, over the past couple years. I know that when um, Monster Hunter World came out, uh, Ryoto Tsujimoto, who is the uh, basically the the I don't remember his exact title because Capcom can be funny about how roles and titles work within their company anyway, but. Uh, he's, he was basically the head man behind the Monster Hunter franchise for the last several iterations, got put in charge of the fighting game division as well, and Ono got bumped down to basically just being, like, esports guy. And yeah. then And then I guess he was, put, I don't remember if he was demoted again, officially or not, but likely that was on the agenda because these big companies don't really fire you they like to just demote you until you quit and save face basically um but yeah so finn um let's 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 to talk about kind of the impact that ono has made at capcom over his career and why this is important why don't you start us off at street fighter 4 which i think we would all agree is is really the beginning of his stardom at Capcom. Well, I mean, okay, that that was like the one where most people know him from, but I mean, he he actually uh his first producer role was was on the PS2 of all things. Really? Yeah, he uh I mean, I I actually I looked it up because I was I was curious cuz I knew we had this coming cuz I knew he's he started as a sound manager like for Street Fighter uh back in the day, like he was a sound guy in the early days. Uh but I knew he had done something else and I did not know that his, and then I looked and I found out his first producer role for a fighting game was um, Capcom fighting jam. Oh, that PS2. was a rough one though. Yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest one to, to announce, 
but it's kind of curious because he was also a producer on uh animusha 4 dawn of dreams oh yeah and, and co-producer of the original dead rising Okay, so so Street Fighter Four is not the first thing that he did of note necessarily, but it was kind of where but, he began his career with Capcom Fighters in, in a positive note because Fighting Jam because, was like a Mugen throw together, right? That's the yeah, one yeah. That, that was that was not 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 great. It was their <laughs> attempt at it. Was, it was like an in-house crossover game of because before that, you know, everyone loved uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter or Children of the Atom, all those crossover fighting games. But it was Street Fighter 4 that really cemented him, followed quickly by Tatsunoku versus Capcom, and then all the other Street Fighter 4 versions, then Street Fighter X Tekken, then uh, Street Fighter 5. Yeah. And, and, if I and unfortunately, also, also Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Yeah. But... I was going to say, if I remember correctly, he was also broadly in charge of all of their like remasters of classic fighting games so like yes the street fighter 2 hd remix and then the third strike port uh the dark and stalkers dark stalkers I think yep. the, the only capcom fighting game that he doesn't have a large hand in is marvel versus capcom 3 correct Correct, but Infinite he was executive producer yeah. on. So, so because it was uh, Ryota Nitsuma um, who was in charge of Cap Marvel's Capcom Three, and he left the company, uh, which is why he didn't return for Infinite. So Ono right. Ono is like the man behind Capcom. Yeah, I mean that games. that's just a really long roundabout way of us saying that for the better part of most gamers' memories of fighting games for now two generations go- going uh Ono has been the face of the FGC because like it or not Capcom is the face of FGC and everything else just follows suit. Well, I'd almost uh, say Namco has kind of taken their their place in that. I mean, regard. they they certainly have, but I mean, Street Fighter is still a legacy. Like Street Fighter uh, is is still the the powerhouse. Yeah, with, you know, with like, all the Street Fighter Five's problems, you can't really dethrone the king's reputation. You know, Street Fighter Five has issues, but it's also become super profitable with its and, and the way it's handled its its uh, season passes and its monetization through DLC. With its, uh, I mean, that's been one of my favorite things about this generation of fighting games is how they've dolt, they, they've, they've created the, these fighting games like games as a service without them being games as a service, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, and, and, it's like they've just all they've done is turned the the every year or two updates where you'd pay for a forty or sixty dollar game again into micro a 15 like, yeah. to 20 dollars season pass yeah and i'm 100 percent on board with that especially because after like x amount of time they do release a complete package with like four to five seasons worth of characters on it so you still get that but you're no longer being nickel and dimed every year like we were for street fighter 2 and even street fighter 4 i mean there was four versions of street fighter 4 yeah right it's given people options instead of and it's a lot cheaper to to update the game over time if you buy in at the beginning, then to keep buying new game discs. So, exactly. But not um, to mention, just oh, digitally, it's better on that front. If you buy the game as a digital adopter, you're, you're set. You just have to download the new characters. You don't have to worry if your, your digital copy is going to be the same as the next new version that comes out. Yeah. And in, in a lot of ways, you could, you could almost say that Street Fighter IV, uh, which it did predate this kind of modern era of fighting games as a service, but 
Street Fighter 4 kind of revived fighting games, period, almost. I mean, I, I remember it felt like fighting games were dead um, as we were heading into the early 360 era. I mean, Street Fighter 3 did not catch on on home consoles. No, um, no, no. It, you know, I mean, Tekken. Street Fighter Three exists. Sorry, you I go. was just gonna say Tekken like hadn't had like a big high performing release. Like there just there wasn't a lot of options for good fighting games that a lot of people were playing. There were good fighting fighting games out there, but they were extremely niche. Yeah, no. Last you're you're right. Like Street Fighter Four proved that fighting games still had a place, and it created like you you could see other companies start to re. Uh, and invigorate their own franchises in it because Street Fighter 3 was notable mostly just because of the parry video of Daigo back in that like that most the super famous clip of the Chun-Li versus Ken I legitimately match. did not know about Street Fighter 3 until I saw that that clip like I That's just my point, I had no not seen it. SF3 anywhere Yeah like that's that's its legacy where Street Fighter 4 kickstarted like global tournaments and evo and just not it didn't start evo but it like it, it turned evo into it helped turn evo into what it is today it was like an adrenaline shot for the fighting game community yeah yeah and the fact that street fighter 4 continued to have new characters it meant that tuning into a tournament wasn't always just about watching the fights themselves but what was the next announcement gonna be yeah like it, it had that 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 teaser factor into it that still goes on today where we had this monumentous occasion where the heads of like every fgc company got together and did a digital covid uh presentation like a zoom chat where they announced all their trailers that they would have announced at evo yeah but we're getting a little derailed back to yeah, yeah yeah back to ono um but but i mean like I said like all of that happens because of the way that ono's flagship like the standout point in his his list of credits is Street Fighter Four, and Street Fighter Four brought us to this point. Um, right, but but it's weird because Street Fighter Four did super well and was an incredibly good game, but it it Street Fighter Four and Marvel vs. Capcom Three kicked ass, and then everything else Capcom tried to do with fighting games felt rough. Do you know what I mean? Like, like all of these HD remasters on uh, Xbox Live Arcade were very bare bones updates. Um, you know, I mean, like, I remember in particular, people were, I, I'm a big Darkstalkers fan. I was clamoring for something new Darkstalkers forever. And it's like, hey, you can get a port of Vampire Savior again. And it's like, cool, but I'd been playing this in arcades. I'd been playing this on PlayStation 1. You know, yeah. I'd been emulating it, like, forever. And I need something better than this this is not going to revive the franchise um and then of course it comes out right between a bunch of other cap because they're putting out two or three fighting games a year between remasters and updates and new games um and it was like it, street fighter just ate all of it yeah you know the only thing that could uh, stand out was marvel versus capcom 3 at least from Capcom themselves. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I mean, like, yeah, once you get into the fact that that Namco was putting out fighters again and like Mortal Kombat was seeing a resurgence and then Injustice released and became a new mainstay of the FGC, like... Yeah, who saw NetherRealm, like, stepping up their game to the point where they became a mainstay of EVO and FGC? Because their games had never really been about balance. Yeah, or, or they'd anything. never been about like, being good. 
<laughs> they were the, they were about the spectacle, not the skill. I guess maybe is a is a more apt way to put it. I don't know. It's a how... polite way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but but yeah, I mean, and so you look at the evil landscape today, and you have the 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 road that Street Fighter Four paved. We have Street Fighter Five, which still is doing bonkers. You have Dragon Ball Fighters. All of the Nam Kobane, like you mentioned earlier, it came brought back Soul Calibur and Tech into prominence. Yeah. Then you have Injustice and Mortal Kombat coming from Nether Realm. Arc says that Arc says collaborated yeah, with Namco Arx- on Dragon Ball, but also has uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag. And Guilty Gear Strive. That's coming true. Out. That's true. And then you have even smaller titles like like smaller developers were coming out with stuff like Undernight Inbirth and Melty Blood and Skullgirls and just all these games that could not exist if Street Fighter Four hadn't blown up the way it had. And that again, to bring it back to our central theme, is because of Ono. Yeah. So why don't why don't you give us a brief breakdown of what you think happened that led to Ono's serial demotions and then ultimate departure? Yeah, because it's weird that somebody who on paper has all of this success would be demoted um, and would eventually be kind of like pushed out of the company. But there's there's a couple of things. A very famously, Street Fighter Five had a rough launch. I mean, I think a lot of people don't even realize. A lot of casual gamers do not realize that. And, and when I say casual, <laughs> I mean people who just play video games. I don't I don't like the term casual gamers to refer to like people who only play Animal Crossing. I mean, like people who no, play. No, we're talking people that don't follow the hardcore yeah. news cycle and they aren't on the enthusiast board. Let's say broad not... mainstream gamers. Maybe. Yeah, mainstream gamers. Um, the people that play Street Fighter but don't religiously follow the news. Yeah, and they heard, hey, Street Fighter Five came out and didn't have any single player content and the netcode was awful and it had like no characters so I don't want to play it. And then they know that maybe story mode got patched in later and a couple other things but they didn't want to tune in. They don't realize that Street Fighter Five is incredible now but it also took three seasons of DLC content and patches and new feature additions and gameplay tweaks for Street Fighter V to get kind of to the point where people wanted it to be at launch. And it's yeah. it's obvious. I mean, plenty of people have gone into all the things that went wrong with Street Fighter V. It was it was rebooted a couple times during development. At one point, it was it was going for photorealism. Uh, which absolutely would not have worked for Street Fighter. And it got rebooted one more time under the Street Fighter 4 developer Dimps, and they had a very limited time and budget left to finish the game and get it out on the market. Um, And, you know, to an extent that project management that falls under Ono, you know, Ono screwed that up. Um, Yeah. And I mean, because one of the biggest problems was they they timed the release to be part of the... the Capcom Cup. Yeah. And so they, in order to cater to the very niche hardcore tournament crowd, they pushed out and released a product that got slammed in reviews because it was missing arcade mode. It was missing a story mode. It was missing all this content that people come to expect from a retail release. And if they had just released it for people that had like signed up for tournaments to be digitally and then released the full game later, 
like but by trying to get it in on the capcom cup for that year they hamstrung their own product and it took a long time to to reverse that it reminds me a lot of sea of thieves yeah and 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 a game that released bare bones but because of constant dedication and content eventually righted course but it took a long time. I was gonna say No Man's Sky as well. Um, That's in a lot another of ways, good very one. Yeah. Famously. But what's funny is Street Fighter Five almost could have been more accepted for what it was if it was labeled as early access. But it was kind of before yeah. the point where we were really doing early access platform games. And if Capcom had had known that if if Street Fighter Five existed in the gaming sphere a couple years later. Capcom might have released it and said, okay, we're releasing it into early access because we want it out there for like the tournament players and it'll go 1.0 and get a physical release, you know, maybe later in winter or something when we have the rest of the stuff ready. Right. But that's not what yeah. happened. People went out, they picked up Street Fighter five. They didn't even have arcade mode in Street Fighter five at launch, which is the wildest nope. thing to think of. Um, you know, and that burned a lot of people on the Street Fighter brand. I think that bit them in the ass with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which launched in a similar state. Um, and once you've done two fighting games in a row with that same kind of problem of releasing just underdeveloped, um, you know, it doesn't matter how good the combat systems are. There's not a reason for people to pick up a game. The FGC does not exist in high enough numbers to carry a game to mainstream success. Yeah. And that that's what people need to realize is the FGC is a very dedicated, hardcore group. And if 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 you get their uh, approval, I guess you're you're kind of set, but you'll never reach like the massive mainstream successes, shooters or RPGs or open world games like that. Well, and what's funny is you actually do see a couple games hit that, but it's like Super Smash Brothers and it's Mortal Kombat. And, and Injustice and Dragon to Ball. a degree. And like Dragon Ball, right. Yeah. But you're looking at games that that provide like a significant amount of single player content and a lot of mm-hmm. of appeal to mainstream gamers who go, I want to play this thing because it's Dragon Ball or or Mortal Kombat or Nintendo or like there's something about the IP that they have that existing relationship with outside of the fighting game space. Correct. Um, you know, I mean, even Mortal Kombat, like Mortal Kombat was a cultural touchstone of the 90s in a way that Street Fighter really was not in like a widespread way. Yeah, because Mortal Kombat, I mean, it had a movie. Fighter had a movie, but Mortal Kombat had movies, but it was also this fact that it was subject to so much controversy in the 90s elevated its status, especially among like preteens and stuff. It became the cool game. Yeah. Because it was the one with blood and I just remember too that all these arcades that I went to had Mortal Kombat cabinets, and it was not very often that you ran into a Street Fighter cabinet. You know, it's just something about it, you know, call it shallow, but it, it appealed to you know, the kids that went out to arcades. But so you need yeah. you need your game to appeal to more than just the people who go to tournaments. And Street Fighter V did not do that. Um, but you, then you look back, I, like I want to say Street Fighter V is it. But you look back at all of these digital re-releases that did not do tremendously well. They didn't have any staying power because they were just cannibalizing their own sales against Street Fighter IV and Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um mm-hmm. But then you go back even further. I mean, I've been reading articles about the development of Street Fighter 4, and it's interesting. It really sounds like Street Fighter 4, in some degrees, almost succeeded in spite of Ono. Um, I'm hearing, for example, how they originally used collision detection-based 
Like, like that somebody's arm would physically have to touch the, the, the opponent's character model to deal damage instead of the traditional hitbox system where you create an invisible box of area that counts as dealing damage. Um, and that's, that's what Netherrealm does on like Injustice and Mortal Kombat, but that is not how 2D fighting games have traditionally worked. And it made Street Fighter 4 feel very weird. Um, and Seth Killian kind of had to go behind Ono's back to get that fixed. Like, it really sounds yeah. like Ono, and, and now we're hearing, I, uh, I, I would hesitate to feed the rumor mill much, but when you hear even people... So stress, so str- just stress that this is Yes, related. but when you hear even people like Maximilian, who is famously like a no-drama, I-don't-like-to-deal-with-drama kind of dude, like kind of acknowledge some of these rumors and some of the things that his his colleagues in the FGC are saying that Ono was famously very difficult to work with. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, it it maybe sounds like Ono got kind of lucky on Street Fighter 4 to some to some degree, you know, and and he did good at some things and didn't do so well at others and Street Fighter 4 became this fantastic project that he just built on and built on and built on. But then their strategy with digital releases did not work out. And then Street Fighter V bit them in the ass. And it was like, okay, this is not working anymore. We need a new captain to write the ship. Yeah. And uh, do, do have they announced who is yet? So this is where things get interesting. Because again, a couple years ago, right after, well, it was like a... Six months to a year after Monster Hunter World launched, um, they announced that that Sujimoto, who was in charge of the Monster Hunter franchise for the last several entries, was in charge of the fighting games division. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he will personally head up every fighting game that they produce. Like, that doesn't mean that he's the man on the ground dealing with Street Fighter VI. Right, which we know oh, is gotcha. in the works, that we know yes. has been going through kind of a difficult development process, and they chose to delay it rather than pull a repeat of Street Fighter V. And that's why we have call. this season five of unexpected DLC characters coming for Street Fighter V, and we may not see Street Fighter VI for another two or three years at this point. Um, but, you know, delayed game is eventually good, right? But I don't know yep. who's in charge of that. Uh, there is a reliable, fairly reliable when it comes to Capcom, uh, kind of insider type, which is a word that I dislike, uh, goes by Dusk Golem and, and he had heard that it was a woman. Um, it doesn't really match up well with, with any specific, like there aren't any women super, super high up as like directors or producers of fighting game projects at Capcom in a long time. So I I think it's going to be a new face. I think that whoever is leading Street Fighter 6 is going to be somebody we we broadly do not know like as a as a general public at this point. Um well, I will say I will say at least I know you you specified Capcom at the end so I didn't cut you off, but uh it is worth noting that Tomoko Hiroki was the producer of Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. And she fucking crushed it. So hey, it's not maybe Capcom of. sniped her over. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean what what an upgrade. Yeah, right. You know, I mean it it it's it's just it shows that the FGC really is for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because because it's hard to it's hard to be like, oh no, like 
she's going to ruin Street Fighter and then point to the success of Dragon Ball right. and be like, that was her. The FGC does have so. some problems. Um, it has a, it has a, it has problems in regards to women for sure. Um, and yep. game development has problems with letting women take positions of power. So, I mean, if that's true, like that, that is very exciting in that regard, but regardless, whoever this, this, if this is true, this mystery person that is now taking over street fighter six, it's probably somebody that we ultimately do not know very well. Um, and it's going to be basically fresh. It's going to be a chance to kind of start with a clean slate. And the idea of Ryoto Tsujimoto being broadly in charge of the fighting games division, I think is very exciting. I know that at this point, that's a couple year old news and hasn't meant anything up till now. But if you look at the way Monster Hunter World handled being a service game, the way they doled out free content and then did the big, 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 gigantic new release of Iceborne and then have continued to dole out new content and will continue to do so. They've been very transparent and very, excuse me, like gamer facing with their developer updates. I think Sujimoto gets it. Um, and I think he's yeah. a good fit. I think his attitude is a good fit for leading service style games, which is at this point, like the future for fighting games is service games. There's no way you're going to release a one and done package at this point. No, not unless, I mean, even if you're a smaller studio, like even like I, 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 I hesitate to bring up Skullgirls given recent yeah, uh, yeah. information, but they still are one of the best examples of, even a small studio can be come out with uh, timely content to keep a game going on long, much longer than we're used yeah, to. Yeah, and to be fair, like you know, Skullgirls is much more than Mike Z. Mike Mike Z can be a shithead, but <laughs> the rest of the rest of Lab Zero like clearly are working on this incredible game very much in spite of it's a Randy Pitchford situation, right? Well, they, they were They're They're seeing quite an exodus. Lately. Yeah, that's true. So that's, we'll see. that's a whole but it, we're, topic. Again, we're getting super off topic yeah. on that one. So can I, can I just tell a quick anecdote? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just the Ono news really bummed me out because he might've also, he might've been the actual person working on all this stuff, but he was also the face for so many fans. He was the one that went to the conventions, to Evo, to Comic-Con, to uh, PAX, anytime Capcom had fighting games there. He was the one that met the fans. He was the one that was doing signings. He was the one that... I remember at San Diego Comic-Con one year when Street Fighter Four was just about to come out, he was there at Capcom's massive booth did a signing. I got to meet him. He signed my Street Fighter 4 promo poster. And he was just such a, a wholesome dude. He always carried his little Blanca figure. If you go Google his name and go to Google Images, oh, I love the every Blanca single figure. one of them has his little Blanca that's figure. His, that's his like Instagram like signature, basically, and I love it. Ex exactly. And that's the, that's the kind of side of him that I'll miss more than the, the roles he actually did on the games. Yeah. Because he, it's so, it's very hard to have a recognizable, almost universally beloved, like, face of a company or, or a genre like that. Like, Ono was the FGC. He was an extremely good PR and hype man for yes. the Capcom Pro Tour, for the fighting game community. And it kind of sucks because it seems like him being in charge of, like, their esports, like, direction is maybe a better fit for him. Um, 
you know, and it sucks to hear that, like, maybe he wasn't the best project manager in the world when it came to game development, but, you know, he was he was incredible at being that hype man, and it's going to be very weird to not see him. So I think my question becomes, we have been in this this long era of Capcom fighting games, and Capcom tends to define the entire rest of the fighting game industry. Everyone follows Capcom's suit. Right, they may do better than Capcom in some ways, right? Like Dragon Ball Fighters definitely came out and and totally surpassed Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah, but like you are still it, looking it, at Capcom and what they're doing. Exactly, because you know when when Arxis was looking at making Dragon Ball Fighters and the the three on three tag team just uh, fighting style is you can't not do that and not have it draw Marvel versus Capcom comparisons. Yeah. It's just, you can't, it can't be done. So I guess my question becomes, we know that Street Fighter VI has been kind of semi-rebooted. We don't know how hard the reboot is. We know that it's under new management. It's going to be a while. Um, I had heard that there's another Capcom fighting game project at some degree of production. Um, I'm not... Sure, if that's a thing that we're supposed to see sooner or later than Street Fighter Six, uh, I know I know like nothing to be honest with you beyond the fact there's there's something else going other than Street Fighter Six. But um, we've been in the Ono era of the fighting game community from Street Fighter Four all the way up till now, and we're about to enter whoever takes the charge, whatever Capcom does with their fighting game division, is going to reframe fighting games you know, from here out at every company because everyone's yeah. going to watch Capcom. Well, it's, it's, it's sometimes, even if you stumble, you are still the face of a, of a genre. Like any, if, if Bungie was going to announce a brand new game, you know, anyone else making a shooter is going to sit up and take notice. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, like there's just some Kings of genres like that. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, it's interesting cause it's, 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 it's a little sad. Um, it's a little, it, it kind of explains maybe some things that were going on with Capcom's fighting game side for such a long time. Um, but I think I'm, the way I'm choosing to see this is I'm, I'm personally choosing to be very excited because a shakeup and a change in direction and a change in face is, has the, the potential for greatness, right? Things can go wrong. Whoever is in charge of Street Fighter 6 could easily fuck up as well, but they could just as easily make Street Fighter 6 something very unique and very its own and see another resurgence. There's a lot of Capcom fighters I'd like to see come back, man. I want to see some rival well, schools. I, mean, I want to see some Darkstalkers. Look at Capcom as a whole. Like This generation has been so good to them in terms of righting the wrongs of the previous generation. Yeah, they are on like a comeback they narrative. They really are. So there's nothing that says a fresh, fresh blood and a fresh outlook for their FGC division can't do the same thing next gen. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I cannot wait to get more hard information. And unfortunately, it's a thing where we're just gonna have to wait because I, I do get a sneaking suspicion we're not gonna know more for another year or two, and when till they actually announce Street Fighter Six. Um, yeah. You know, now that it's been delayed, we're just gonna be waiting longer. But, ah. Uh, the waiting game is hard, man. Yup. Uh, 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if you have any uh, closing thoughts before we close this down. No, I said all my pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what more is there to say until Capcom gives us more news, right? Uh, so I guess this is the part where I'm supposed to shill the show, but I'm not John, and I do feel shame when I do these things. So I guess make sure that you follow the show on Twitter at OfficialSDGC. Uh, you can follow us on Twitch at the same name, OfficialSDGC. We are live Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time with our news discussion show, and we put up all of our uh, kind of pre-recorded content and podcast stuff up here on insert podcast service of your choice as well as on YouTube. Um, I'm much less natural at that than John. Uh, Be good to each other, and we will see you all on Thursdays. Who's uh...